Patrick, and welcome to Winnipeg Hockey Talk Podcast number 89. Today I'm going to be joined by my regular co-host, Daryl Mantronico. Hey Manny, how's it going, man? I'm doing very well, thank you. Well, How are things with you? Uh, things are great, and uh, yeah, overall probably not too bad with the Jets either. The last time we talked, um, we were in the midst of that eight-game stretch of Nashville, Columbus, Tampa, Carolina, Washington, San Jose, Boston and Calgary, and we actually came out of that five and three, but yet a lot of angst in Winnipeg because we let a few games, or maybe not a few games, but a few points slip away there. What was your overall impression of the uh, that tough stretch the last couple of weeks? Well, you know, playing it against Tampa Bay is never an easy hockey game, so losing five two there probably isn't much of a surprise. Tampa's clearly the elite team in the league, and everybody else falls into that. Uh, that second tier, uh, if you will. But what 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 this whole stretch was uh, mired by, if you will, or was all these little mistakes or the inability to execute at key times, and in the Washington game in particular, the inability to really put a team down a few goals when the 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 course of the game was clearly in Jets' favor. Their power play couldn't uh, do a do anything for that matter they look terrible and next thing you know it's uh you know the the game started to shift and uh washington became opportunistic and you know down 3-1 and and then certainly with the san jose game you know you're you're up you're tied and you're late in the game you know you gotta find a way to win or win a point uh, or get a point and that's been a problem pretty much all year for the Jets is their inability late in games tied to just secure that point. And when you look at their losses, uh, you know, I can count uh, at least half a dozen games this year where, uh, you know, they've squandered a point away. And, and, and that's just, you know, if you're worried about the standings, I guess that, uh, you know, that would have made a huge difference and you uh, look at their record and they've only got the four four ties uh, compared to everybody else uh, you know they've given away some points so uh, but a little bit more playoff hockey is uh, starting to you know round out in their games so uh, you know I guess now is, I'm not worried about the points anymore I think the Jets you know have clearly settled into a playoff spot now they just got to get their game in shape to, you know, compete against, uh, you know, desperate hockey teams in the playoffs. And so let's hope they continue along that path and stop making some of those little mistakes that cost them hockey games. Yeah, you're right about the Washington game. Uh, I mean, in that game, our power play single-handedly cost us that game. We were really, really bad and put a lot of focus on Jacob Truba. He looked really shaky. He looks a little bit more shaky on the road more so than at home on the uh, uh, running the power play, but uh, it just goes to show you, I mean, and all kinds of, you know, all Jets fans and fans in the talk-in talk in shows and on Twitter, we all lament the fact that Buff and uh, and Josh are out of the line because they, they move the puck so well and they help so much more in the defensive zone, but where we really miss those guys is on the power play. I mean, all due respect to Jacob Truba, I'm not even sure he should be ahead of Myers or Niku on the power play. But that's that's Paul Maurice's stubbornness, and that's something that we're going to have to work through. But Is uh, that stubbornness? Oh, is that him, or is that uh, Jamie the situation with Truba? Well, there's that. Uh, I'd be surprised if they were trying to 
pacify him by giving him power play. All it's doing is uh, is giving him uh, skewing his point totals to uh, where they normally wouldn't have been. It's funny because he he puts up really good points five on five, and he shows he has a he has a different type of offensive flair. It's not that he doesn't have offensive chops. He does. He just he's not smooth enough to run a power play. He's indecisive. He looks shaky. And uh, is that something that he could work his way into if he uh, did it full time all the time? I don't know. Um, you know, unfo- it just makes him look slow, doesn't it? It does. He's uh, he he doesn't move the puck fast, and um, so that's you know that's part of the problem. Uh, it but it what what it has shown though uh, during the, the absence of Buff and Josh that, and I know my friend uh, Scott Campbell is going to love this, but. Uh, and I've been saying this forever that uh, Jacob Truba is a very, very good defenseman. Uh, he's to me, he's more valuable in the defensive end. Yeah, sure, he makes mistakes, but then all defensemen do. It's just the way that the way of the game. But for my way of thinking, he is he is the Winnipeg Jets number three right now. And for me, it's not even close. So <laughs> I'm going to keep on beating that drum. I'm just a big Josh <laughs> fan, and and to me, uh, there was talk about him being like, like the number one guy. He is so not even close to Dustin Bufflin. It's scary, and uh, his supporters even now would have to admit that. But uh, that's just me being me. But um, we did touch on this. I wasn't going to really get into this this podcast. But uh, Sammy Leak was looking better and better and more comfortable. And actually this weekend, Paul Marie said that, you know, he's starting to think now that... uh, Maybe once the team gets healthy and all the guys are back, that uh, Sammy Nico's not necessarily the guy out of the lineup. So that presents uh, some interesting talk. But the truth of the matter is uh, that's not going to matter until the end of the season going into the playoffs because it doesn't look like we're getting Buff or Josh back before then. So it's Yeah, nice. it, looks, you know, it looks more and more like you, we may not even see these guys for the first couple of games of uh, round one. Like it's... Uh, it's clear that these injuries are, are far far more significant than than anticipated. Uh, more so for Buff, I think, than than Morrissey, because Morrissey's clearly uh, too soon. He, you know, his injury was after after Buff. So, but Nico Nico's been, I think, very good. Uh, I think his ability to get out of trouble in in the defensive zone. Uh, his ability to make a move uh, at the point to shake off of a checker is is noticeable. I mean, it's it's quite significant. And the more comfortable he gets, you're going to see more of that skill. Wouldn't you like to see him get a shot on the power play? And the reason I'm going there is because I just, I'm just so tired of this narrative. Like everybody makes excuses about teams' power plays and why we can't do things is because we need that right-handed shot here and the left-handed shot there. You know, I looked, I studied some of the top power plays in the leagues, and they're all different. It, it has nothing to do with which way you shoot. It's about how quick you move the puck and the decisions you make. And the thing that's really bothering me about uh, the Jets' power play is it runs through Wheeler, and that's the way it's going to be, and that's fine. But Kyle Connor finally scored a couple nice power play goals by moving in different positions, but for the most part, he's been useless there. And uh, I was wondering, you know, when they would try the Kevin Hayes thing or even a little, somebody, just some, even Ehlers on their first unit, just to shake something up because that power play is getting stagnant. And if, if Connor doesn't move around on that low post to either side of the net, it makes it tough on Wheeler because teams know that that puck's always going to go through Wheeler, so they pressure him. 
and Truba doesn't have the chops to make the really smart, fast play, and that's kind of hurting us too because, uh, you know, the power the power play at home for the most part is decent, but if you look at some of the past power play goals we've scored in the last couple of weeks, a lot of them have been off the rush and not off the setup. So, uh, you know, power plays become precious in the playoffs, and uh, yeah, it's been our, our power play has been pretty darn good at home, not very good lately on the road, and it's going to be an integral part of our success uh, when we rode that power play the first half of the season. And uh, I think that it needs to be addressed. And you know what? You have 10 games left. Why not let Sammy Nico give? Let's give a look and see what we got back there. What do you think? Our power play was way more consistent when we with Buff uh, because of his ability. You know, his ability to one be a threat with the shot, but two, his ability to pass the puck and pass the puck with with quickness. And and the so from that perspective, that's why I've always felt that we have suffered without him at the top. If someone can come in, even if he's a left-handed shot, and be able to um, uh, provide that same quickness and still give the opportunity for Liney to get a, a one-timer off quickly uh, where it's not telegraphed uh, or a quick pass back to Wheeler that, uh, that frees up Shifley in the slot or otherwise, um, it's, I think... We need to get that quickness back, and I guess at the end of the day, I don't care how it happens. We need to get that that puck movement back up to where it was the first half of the year. And right now, our stats are are what they are, but it's skewed by you know a bunch of zero for tens followed by three for ten. You know, right? So it's you get you get uh, the highs and lows, and your average is looking way better than perhaps that power play is so you get a couple of good nights and and up it goes but for the most part i'm i'm you know i agree with you you know there's not much uh, on the set plays there's a lot of off the rush and uh that it is an area of concern without a doubt okay so uh this weekend i'm not sure what game it was during i had uh, just posted a random fact on twitter <laughs> something that's kind of been bugging me lately and this is by no means an attack on Patrick Laine whatsoever because I really liked his work ethic, his overall play since he's been moved up to the top line. He's uh, become a playmaker up there. And with all that being said, though, <laughs> the, I put up the random tweet and I said, just an FYI, uh, Patrick Laine, outside of that goal that he scored when Ben Chirot banked it off his skate, has not shot a puck into the net, even strength, since January 13th. And a couple guys jumped all over me. Ah, well, why do you think Wheeler's playing so good? He's line A's feeding him. I goes, hey, it, was, it wasn't a critique or a criticism. It was an observation. Relax for crying out loud. But the fact of the matter is, um, he's, he scored, the goals he scored have been on the power play, on those nice one-timers and whatever. But... Five on five, his play has been very good. I'm not complaining about his play whatsoever, and he's uh, he's made some nice sauce passes uh, and set up some nice goals as even you know last couple games. But the fact of the matter is, it's 25 games since a puck went off his stick into the net even strength. Should we be concerned with the playoffs coming up? Um, or is it as simple no. as as long as the other guys are scoring? Well, I think. 
well, frankly, when it comes to playoffs, who cares who's scoring, right? Like, at right. the end of the day, yep. uh, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, he's also been, I think, a little snake bitten in that, in you know, in that sense. It, it is a fact, so he's only got the one goal, uh, um, you know, five on five, but... Uh, uh, you know, you take Boston. I thought the Boston game. I, I, I mean, how many sh- posts did he hit? Mm-hmm. Like, and those were clean, great shots. Yep. And uh, you know, so I think there's a li- his game though is going to produce way more opportunities five on five. The way he's playing and way he's evolving here over the last little bit, and I think that problem will go away. I, and I think it's a byproduct of his game is just going to get better, and it is definitely better. His work ethic is is way up. His um, his forechecking, his just his overall engagement in the game is going to be better, and and he's going to be a more north south guy to fit with Wheeler and, and Shifley, and he's gonna he's gonna he's only gonna benefit. And and I you know I I can also as as unlucky as he's been here over the last few games with posts and otherwise. We know this guy is gonna gonna open up, and you know, the next ten games, eleven games, if he can start getting on a consistent roll with a goal every couple of games, or I, I think he's got the potential to be a very dangerous per, a player come the playoffs, and and you know, teams are gonna have a huge problem with our with our lineup if he can get going. Uh, you know, to the degree that we know that he's capable of, but I think his game's gotten better, and and it's going to lend to more five and five opportunities. I I think he surprised a lot of people with the fact that uh, he definitely keeps up with those two. He's not lagging behind. He can move. He might look lumbering at times. It takes him a couple steps to get going. But uh, I've been very impressed with uh, the way he's been on the puck on the forecheck. Uh, he's battling physically. He still loses a lot of puck battles because it likes to fiddle a little bit too much of the stick. But uh, mm-hmm. but he uh, his work ethic and his uh, his uh, commitment to uh, you know to keep up and skate with those guys has been I thought I think it's been awesome and uh, I'm very happy with his play. Uh, hopefully he's uh, saving some of those snipes for uh, when it really counts because he wasn't exactly great in the playoffs last year. Ehlers was non-existent. Line A was half and half, and uh, you know it was a big playoff for uh, Shifley and Wheeler last year. And actually, Kyle Connor was very good in the playoffs last year. And let's segue into that. Um, Kyle Connor to me right now is just an absolute major disappointment. He finally popped a couple goals on the power play. He made some those nice moves where he cuts the front of the net, but. You know, our power play struggling, first of all, is a lot of it's on him. He's just too stagnant. He doesn't do anything. And then don't even get me started on five-on-five. Five. He's, a, he's a train wreck, five-on-five. Five. He is so lost. All he To me, this is what I see. I see a ton of speed. He gets it on the forecheck. He doubles back. It seems like he's constantly floating in the neutral zone. And, a, a, you know, a, a perfect example was, you know, Ehlers took a lot of crap on that that goal against San Jose with five seconds left. Myers took Myers took a whole heap of crap for you know moving up into that play. Connor never covered, and when that puck was turned over, he was basically in front of Pavelski or even, and Pavelski blew by him down the ice like nothing. Connor has absolutely no work ethic, and to me, he looks lazy. 
confused and uh, I'm right now as you can tell by the tone of my voice he was a guy that uh, and he's like here's a guy that's going to be a 30 plus goal scorer looking for a big raise and to me he's ineffective he or he has been ineffective quite a bit lately and I, I'm concerned and uh, I'm not liking his play at all see I'm not sharing that same same sort of concern I, I you know um I don't want to use the word young, and but you know even guys like Ehler here, Ehlers and and uh, Rosalovic, we've seen it all year with this with this group that you know they they sort of disengage and and so even though I I hear what you're saying, I'm not sure it's 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 entirely accurate. I think I think Connor does need to get more consistent. There's no two ways about it, but so do a lot of other players like a, a Roslovic in particular. So, you know, if I'm going to be picking on anybody, it's likely going to be Roslovic who who has a, a great opportunity to be a difference maker even on the line that he's playing on now and and the depth of this group for, at forward he shouldn't be looking at what he's got as being a bad thing. He should be looking at, at it with, with enthusiasm. So I think there's a little bit of youthfulness that's coming out of these players that, uh, you know, they're going to need to clean up. There's no two ways about it. They've got to get more consistent. And, and you know, yes, he, was he out of position? Perhaps. You know, I never saw it that way, but uh, that's not because I was looking at Connor. I just saw what I saw with Myers and, and Ehlers, and I would have rather Ehlers eat that puck. Why oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just eat it. Get a point. Understand the situation. And, and to me, that lack of, you know, lacking of, of uh, uh, you know, it's a, you're not reading the situation at all, and you, we were trying to score a goal, and, and that was such a low-percentage play that, uh, you know, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. And Myers should know better than to be where he was late in the game. And, and you know, you, you got to be smarter than that in that situation. And it goes back to the, some of the things that, you know, all year long, we just seem to shoot ourselves in the foot at the wrong time. And, and, and uh, so I don't hold Connor accountable for that at all. But at the same time, I... You know, I'm I'm okay with saying hey, he's got to be more consistent, and 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 that line as a whole though has generally been pretty good. Yeah, I thought so too. For the most part, they've you know, been okay. For the most part, other than that San Jose game where they, you know, uh, they were on the ice for the majority of the goals. Um, that's just not, uh, you know. All three guys have got to be consistent and, and create uh, create the opportunities uh, on both ends of the ice, you know, in terms of good defensive coverage and, and offensive uh, plays. But bad timing. It was bad timing all around. And, um, it, well, I don't want to go into it too much because I, I personally was really upset after that San Jose game. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's just the, I. I was upset on how they lost, right? Like, it's not the loss, it's how they lost. And and you just shake your head and wondering what, what's going on. But, yeah, back to Connor. No, I, I don't think it's as bad as you portray it, but that's just, you know, just my view of it is that, uh, you know, he's just, 
inconsistent at, at you know in stretches. He's we've got plenty of streaky goal scorers, so uh, you know we we need to see some players with drive some more consistency in their play. I like yeah, and I I can't I can't say I disagree with you, and uh, that's just how I was feeling about that. I mean I sure. know he, I know he's a good player. He's got nice hands, and uh, uh, he, he's obviously going through a bit of a, I wouldn't say it's a funk, um, although. Um, I, so, I, so let me ask you this question. Okay. Do the young guys, so we'll say Ehlers, Line, A, Connor, and Roslovic, we'll put those four guys in the same boat. Do you think they get their nose really out, out of joint because of their youth when they're not playing with Shifley and Wheeler? Well, they shouldn't. Be. As opposed to saying, holy smokes, we got a deep team here and I've still got an opportunity to do something. Um, I, I'm going to say they shouldn't. I don't think they do because um, this is how I see it. I think Connor, when he's playing at the top of his game, forechecking, finishing a little bit of hits, causing a, a little bit of disturbance like a Matthew Perot does, that they can drive a line. I think Evers can drive a line. Um, I don't think Line A can drive a line, and I'm okay with that. He's a shooter. He knows how to get himself teed up for, for shots, and if he has to live off the power play his whole career, uh, I'm fine with that because you know what, guys like Ovi have been doing it for decades, and uh, somebody's got to take that spot. Uh, Roslovic's just too young. I cut him some slack still. He's at times lost. Uh, uh, for a fourth liner, I think he should be a little bit more aware defensively, work on that part of the game. But there's no disputing his speed and his skill set. Um, once again. Uh, <laughs> A lot of his numbers have been on second unit power play stuff. Uh, I just think we need a lot more out of everybody at even strength. And then the young guys, they'll find their spots. And uh, I don't think they should ever be disappointed by not playing on the top line. Because, you know, to be honest, uh, they may not be uh, top line guys. Uh, are they top six? For sure. Are they top nine? Undoubtedly. But um, in today's day and age, where you're rolling four lines and your top, uh, your top nine are, you know, you're expecting scoring. Um, I think they'll fit in nicely. It's funny how the game is really, it's, it's about, it really is about scoring, right? Yeah. Because when you look at the underlying stats uh, that are out there, you know, it puts premium on, on shots, shot attempts and all the rest, which are all, you know, inadvertently, if you have the ability to suppress that, it's a defensive stat naturally. But at the same time, the premium is on the offensive side of that equation because you could be good defensively, but if you're terrible on the offense, you're going to have bad stats, right? Like so, uh, it's just it's just the way you know the numbers will fall at that point. So, you know, the offense is the premium that we put on on everything nowadays, and uh, as you can see by you know the average goals uh, over the last. This is supposed to be uh, you know ramping up for playoffs and. And we're seeing seven, six games, nine, two, eight, one. You know, like there's still a lot of high-scoring pieces, and and I, I guess as a as a guy who appreciates still, you know, a defensive win, um, you know, it's a little still a little bit concerning. So maybe the expectations are that we have for you know the balanced games are maybe a little bit unrealistic, right? Like so. We're going to be more offensive driven. The players that grow, the players that we see today are are driven more around that component than they are on the defensive side. So I can see how it would become a little bit, 
easy for players to not give the will not have the same intensity at both ends of the ice sure um just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Nathan Beaulieu. He he struggled there in this. I think it was the the Boston game a little bit, uh, um, or it might have been the San Jose. He looked a little bit. You know, he got into that stick waving uh, grind, but sort of the entire team that yeah. did that game. And then, you know, but generally speaking, he's been a very nice addition. And uh, you know, I'm kind of waiting for the shoe to drop with him though, because. You don't get bounced around uh, as often as he has in his early in his career, unless there's some warts that are going to show up. So, I guess you know we still don't know the player well enough. And uh, but generally speaking, he's been been a nice add. And you know, uh, you're when everybody's healthy, Morrissey, Niku, and Beaulieu down your left side with Chirot mixed in there. Um, probably is pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. And you know what? I have nothing against Dmitry Kulikov. My biggest problem with him has been, uh, you know, his salary is, is he's paid too much for the role he is on this team. And he, he has been streaky. He's had a lot of good stretches of good hockey. But uh, we're at a point with him where he's expendable. Um, I was pretty happy when they signed him originally. and It didn't take long after that to realize that... Uh, you know, he's not what I thought he was. Although, I will say this, uh, some of the hockey, some of the better hockey he has played has been with the Jets versus when he was in Florida and Buffalo. But he's still not the guy that Chevy thought he was signing. And uh, we have one more year of him, and hopefully Chevy can move him on this summer. And uh, I agree. Uh, if, if we can, And I'm, I'm not a Sherratt hater. I'm not a Sherratt lover, but I, I respect a lot of the things he does. And uh, his, for me, his play has been much improved. Yeah, does he make mistakes? Yes. Is he uh, the smoothest with the puck? No. But he does make, uh, at times, some very decent offensive plays, right? Well, but, you know, I guess at the end of the day, you want your star top four defenseman to get plenty of ice time, learn the game, all the rest of that, without fear. Of, and so, you know, you need... To have guys like Sherrod in your lineup, I, you just can't have six defensemen that all look like Niku or Beaulieu or you know Morrissey or or Truba. It's one, it's not not going to happen, and and two, uh, the development curve. You don't want to ruin a, 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 a highly skilled player by rushing him in too quickly when he's not ready for the defensive side. So my my only point is, uh, a guy like. Sherrod uh, is incredibly value, valuable because one, his salary cap, and two, he's got experience and uh, and able to eat up uh, you know some minutes, not too many minutes, but he's got the ability to be that placeholder guy until maybe some of your other guys getting you know are ready to to take on a full time role. But uh, I don't have a problem with Sherrod or Kulikov for that matter. You know, Kulikov has been. You know, he got got running around there for a couple of games around uh, the Washington-San Jose game, but he seems to have settled down again. Yeah, it looks like you know, you know, in, in a perfect world, our left side would be Josh, Niku, and I think Bolu has now moved up into the third pairing left D, which puts uh, I would like to see Schrader as our number seven, use him as needed, 
And on the right side, obviously, you got Truba, Buff, and Myers. Uh, Myers is gone this year. And uh, we'll see Tucker Pullman there. We're going to have a different look. We're going to be younger next year. And I just think, I think our blue line is looking really nice for the future. And that's not even counting Sandberg. So um, I like a lot of what I see um, depth-wise. Um, Nathan Beaulieu, to me, has been a nice surprise. I wouldn't mind seeing him stick around. He should be able to, like, to me, he bumps out, uh, definitely right now, he bumps out uh, uh, Morrow and maybe even Kulikov. So it's going to be interesting to see what Paul Maurice does when he has a full healthy lineup. Because <laughs> we know Paul's a stubborn guy. He likes what he likes and uh, uh, maybe a little... I don't, know if, I don't know if you can really say Sherratt, Morrow, Beaulieu, uh, Kulikov. You can pick any one of those guys and say they're clearly the better one, right? Like, it, they're a lot... They're different players, but they're very much a lot of the same. Yeah, no, for sure. We have a we have a we have a glut and a, a lot of depth at the six seven position, <laughs> and, and that's not a, that's not a bad thing. But just you know what it is with those guys, um, and here's the thing: where there's a reason that those guys are slotted there, and when there's injuries like this and they play an awful lot, you see too much of them, and then you do see their warts in short sample sizes, like we're seeing with Bolio right now. He looks okay, but don't what Nathan Bolio is still a fairly young guy, and I still hold out some hope for him. Um, I just I think him and Jake together have been actually I think they've been pretty darn good. So hmm. yeah, so Josh and Truba go back together. Oh yes, no question about that, right? Like, yep. So as good as they've looked, you know, um, and who? So who would you? Who would you? Knowing it's no. a tough one, right? Because there's no guarantee Kulikov or uh, Niku based on feedback from the coach, is out of the lineup anytime soon when Morrow comes back. Like, Morrow's, it sounds like Morrow's not displacing anybody. No. Well, here's the thing. In a perfect world, you'd see Sammy Niku with Buff. But we know, we know that Paul Maurice likes Sherrod Buff. So, it's, uh, it doesn't matter what we like. It's just, now here's the thing. What do you do with that last pairing? Do you just Tyler Myers and you just roll those other three in and out? And just live with it. Because you don't want guys sitting too, right? You want guys to play a little bit. So to me, those guys are all interchangeable. And competition breeds, for the most part, better play and competitiveness. So maybe when we get healthy, maybe it's a good thing that there's some competition back there. I've never, I'm a big fan of competition. I don't like guys being gifted positions. So uh, we're going to see... Uh, we're going to see what Paul Maurice is up to. But, Daryl, we've got to kind of wrap her up here now. We're getting uh, yeah. close to our allotted time. But before we go, I just wanted to ask you what you thought of the play of Mark Shifley. More so, not so much the first line, but Mark Shifley's defensive play. Um, to me, it looks a little, he's been a little bit, I don't know, is, is it lazy or is he maybe a little bit hurt? I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I think Mark Shifley's... His play has not been great in the defensive zone, and and he has a tendency to want to chip pucks past, um, and yet you know do the quick uh, flyby with you know, and hope to create a a an odd man rush, and that's great, right? Like that's fantastic, and they've clearly done that more often than than not, just by looking at their points, but. It's a it's an it's a reason why their five on five has not been good. They just have not played well, and, and he's you know he's a big component of that. 
as the center iceman for that line, that he's got to be the last man standing coming out of the zone in a lot of cases. And, um, you know, so, yes, Shifley plays a big role on it, but I think that line as a whole has been very suspect uh, getting the puck out of their zone. And, and that's and that's not just, you know, and I know there's going to be some folks that want to say, well, look who's giving them the puck. Well, even when Truba and Morrissey were back there and Buff was in the lineup, that line got caught and, 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 and got pressured uh, and tried the fancy little chip passes. They struggled getting the puck out of their own zone. And when they get it out clean, they can get some speed build up through the neutral zone and start, you know, putting some pain on, on the opposition in their zone. Uh, but, you know... They're a scary, to me, they're a very scary line defensively, and, and, and to me, they've got to step up big time when the playoffs turn around yeah. over the course of these next 10 games leading into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree, and I didn't like some of the narrative I heard last week about uh, you know some people on the call-in shows and on Twitter, they're blaming it on Line A. Well, look at Line A. It has nothing to do with Line A. Line A actually, to me, has been fine. So, yeah, so you're basically seeing the same thing I am. I'm not overly concerned about it. Um, uh, they might be just bored. I mean, they shouldn't be because they're, for the first time in you know in their Winnipeg Jets 2.0 history, they have a chance to clinch a division, and that should be enough to drive them. But I get it. You know, they do jump the play trying to create the offense, but sometimes you can't cheat the play, and uh, that's a lesson learned. And I, uh, I know that when they get caught, they realize it, and I think they're smart enough to get it. So I'm not overly concerned, but it was just something I want to bring up. But uh, once again, Daryl, uh, thanks for joining me here on a. On a Sunday night, getting ready for the, you know, we're ready for the next three-game road trip, which should be interesting. We need some points. And uh, for our listeners out there, you know where to find us, WinnipegHockeyTalk.com, uh, Anchor FM, iTunes, subscribe to us. And uh, uh, once again, uh, big week coming up. They're all big. And uh, I know, like, Daryl, I think I can speak for you saying that, uh, like most Jet fans, we really want to win the Central Division. So uh, go Jets, go Rain. Absolutely. Hey man, we'll talk to you again next week.